You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. I'm Courtney. I'm Allison. And we're Courtney and Allison of the Double X. I don't wipe. Wow. What are you doing? I don't know. I just fell into it. This is Courtney and Allison of the Double X Files, a podcast that is sometimes about the X Files. You got that vocal fry. <sighs> I got to fry something during this episode. Yeah. This was a tough one. This was a toughie. Um, we're going to have. Very limited to say because it is not our position to say much of these things. Yeah, but we do have some great quotes from people who can speak to the things that this episode was about. Number one, it was very problematic. Yeah, it was a real woofer. But number two, we are two white women. Yeah, so it's not really... And may I say, very white women. Oh, we're extremely white. So, I mean, I got a ginge sitting right next to me. I am a confirmed ginge. (laughs) You can't get much whiter than that. <laughs> um, so, we will point out what's problematic, but we're going to let the people who it was problematic towards speak, let their words kind of talk about what exactly was wrong with this. Yeah, and luckily this episode of The X-Files was so bad that lots of people have uh, got things to say. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, I was hoping for kind of an upper this episode, uh, because it's 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 Easter weekend. Yeah. We've, I don't know, been doing chocolate like cocaine. Yeah. Right? Just lines of it. Have you heard of uh, snorting chocolate? I have heard of snorting chocolate. I've tried it once. Really? Yeah. Tell me. Backstage. <laughs> Instead of doing hard drugs, you just do chocolate. Just lines of chocolate off the number it, it really burns. Oh, God. Um, but you everything smells like chocolate for a good hour. I once convinced a friend to snort a pixie stick. Oh, you told me about that. She did not like it. <laughs> Let's go through the Netflix description and then really get into the nitty gritty of this whole situation. Let's do it. Uh, so the description for this episode, season four, episode three, Teleco, is as follows. Mulder and Skelly are called in to investigate the unexplained deaths of several African and African-American people whose skin color has turned white as the result of either a rare medical disorder or a bizarre curse. I'm going to say in terms of our prediction, well, you had this prediction. I predicted it. You did not predict oh, this I episode. Oh, d- I could not have in a million years. <laughs> because we're talking about going very lowbrow with our predictions in order to get points. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, listeners, Space Cadets, uh, every episode we try to predict the next episode. Yep. We are not very good at it. No, we fail very much of the time. And, and and probably this is why, because, oh boy, I mean, that description is very bad. And also, if I had predicted that, you would have been like, oh, Allison. Allison. <laughs> no. No. Honey, no. Sweetie, no. But that's the episode. That's the episode we had to watch. Yeah. So, in the first 30 seconds, we open to a plane. We're on a plane. We're on a plane. And the ethnic music. Just starts right up. Just starts right... 
You have that very X-Files pan flute uh-huh. that happens whenever uh, a person of color appears on screen. And of any color. <laughs> yeah, just... It's like a weird universal pan it is the, for everyone but white people. It is the alarm that there is someone who is not white going to appear on the screen. Yes. <laughs> like a warning? Like, it's very bad. Also, sprinkled into the pan flute music is, it sounds like an African choir just singing. Yeah. Like they got extras from The Lion King to really sprinkle some... Just really hit that home. Some good old... Look, it was basically like, look, there are black people on this plane. Yes. Other than the music. Mm -hmm. I like the cold open. Yeah, the cold open was cool. So you have a man, he has to go... You guys to go either number one or number two on a plane. Mm-hmm. There's three bathrooms. Two are occupado. One is free. Yeah. Goes in. And there's something, like, creeping and crawling in there. There is. And there was a... Yeah, there's, like, a shot. We get a shot of just the eyes. That just the eye shot? Ooh. Spooky. Spooky, spooky. So he gets attacked, and there's... <laughs> there's a shot of the airplane... Uh, bathroom door, and it slides from free to occupied. Yes. And I threw my hands up in the air in victory because that was very good. Uh, and later on when the plane is landing, no one, I guess, noticed this guy in the bathroom for, like, 16 hours. Yeah. And they're like, sir, are you okay? And he's not okay. He did. Yeah, he died. He did. And then we have the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And there's different words this time. Yeah, in the instead of trust no one, it is what? Tell me what it is. Deceive, inveigle, obfuscate. Which I thought, if you were to ask me on, say, an SAT test, I would say two out of the three words are fake. <laughs> me, an English teacher, is going to declare that. But they're all real. They're all real. What do they mean? Uh, deceive, to mislead. Oh, I know that. Inveigle. Uh, means to, it's basically means the same thing, but it, it has an implication of using flattery. It also means when you eat a bagel from the inside, like you start nibbling at the hole and then work your way out. Oh, I've never done that, but it sounds highly erotic. Like, like a reverse corn in the cob situation. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. We're going to have to try that. Gonna, let's do that. Let's do that right now. Stop the recording. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, and then obfuscate, obfuscate. Um, basically, I mean, it, it means a similar thing, but it's more... Uh, deceptive. To, yeah, deceptive to kind of cloud something. It was like, when we looked it up, it was like, um, to purposefully mislead. Yeah. Which is what The X-Files does. That's their whole biz. Hmm. So I guess we got a warning. That was a, a little warning for us that things are going to get a little crazy. Yes. And mysterious. Uh, and actually, the next thing that happens was our favorite part of the episode. Wait, the crow that was outside my window? Yes. <laughs> so Skelly goes into Skitter's office. There's another white dude there. And they're talking about something. But I got to tell you guys, also I got really distracted because just a little crow friend came outside of my window. What's up? really big in his beak too we can tell what it I don't was know what it was it looked like a fig yeah why would a crow have a fig just lucky just he just lucked out and you know what he like kind of looked at us like hey hey look what i got i got this fig mm-hmm. can't do anything about this fig <laughs> so i left we actually stopped the episode i left an offering mm-hmm. to the crow they yelled at you they did <laughs> i left three coconut cashews on my little uh, uh, railing there, uh, and I said, an offering to you, my sweet crows, and they yelled at me, and they left. 
So we'll see if it's still there when we leave. Uh, and as a result, we did not pick up much of the conversation <laughs> that happened in Skinner's office. <laughs> We're professionals. Yeah. We get we get distracted by crow friends. Can we can we deduce mm-hmm. what um Yeah, so the guy, the other guy that was there was a sci- like a medical scientist type. Type man, yes. Uh, and he was talking to Skelly about the case of five different um, African-American men in there Philadelphia. Were five? There were five of them wow. before they brought the case to Skelly. Okay. Uh, who had been found dead of what they assumed was uh, a medical issue um, because they uh, all of the men, when found dead, had been sapped of all their pigment. So this is when I turned to you and I said, if this is a fucking pigment vampire... And lo and behold, that actually was uh, what was in the first draft yeah. of the script. That was the exact plot. Chris Carter was reading Bonicula. Yeah, he was reading Bonicula. And he's like, oh, well, I love this story, but how can I make it just uh, slightly more racist? It's like a gritty, more racist Bonicula reboot. <laughs> and add a little squeeze in there. Yeah. For good, a lot good of squeeze. A lot of, ooh, a lot of squeeze. Uh, we That's noticed, and a lot of critics noticed, that this episode was very reminiscent of Squeeze but that's from okay. season one. I mean, that's okay. It spooked me. Yeah, it did spook you pretty hard. That, that was what I appreciated about this episode. It was, it had some moments of spookiness, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and there was some stuff that was, like, nicely, nicely artfully done. But then it was to the detriment of this African character. Yeah. So, uh, so. That's the frustrating thing, is that, like, a, a show, an episode can have really cool elements, but when the whole overarching plot is, like, this problematic. Yep. It's hard to enjoy those things or to give them props. <sighs> That's why we enjoyed that crow instead. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh... Oh, uh, the, I do want to touch on one line that was said in this, um... Argument? Scene. Yeah. Uh, basically the guy, um, really heavily pushes on Scully to say that this is a medical issue. Uh, basically, don't bring Mulder into it. It can be explained with science. Um, but they also talk about the most recent victim that was found, and there are pictures of him, uh, and he is wearing a lot of, like, pancaked white makeup onto him. Clown makeup, yeah. Uh, it's pretty rough, but it's supposed to, he's supposed to look like the pigment has been, uh, sucked from his skin, but it really just looks like a horrendous makeup job. Uh, and they say, uh, wait, I thought this was a black man! Um, and then the doctor says, yes, he was a perfectly normal black man. Which is maybe one of the worst things I've ever heard on this show. Yeah, so the... I wrote down that when a show written by a, a bunch of white guys, and I think there was one person of color you yeah. said. Um, when a show full of white guys, usually, tries to dictate what it means to be black or how much your blackness is worth, there is a problem. Yeah. And this, that line was saying, hey... If you don't look a certain way, you can't consider yourself to be black. Yeah. And right? I mean, that's that's not something that we have personal experience with. No. But it is something that we can relate to because it is something that uh, comes up in the queer community as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, if you're not queer enough, you're not gay enough, you're not a big enough lesbian, then, I mean, for me and bi erasure, that's it. Yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, now, not to equate the plight of me to uh, to the plight of a person of color, for yeah. sure not. I mean, you see, you see this idea of wanting to be of these, pro- like, the skin-bleaching products or the fact that maybe... 
models with darker skin don't get cast in things or actors or actresses with darker skin don't get cast in things. Mm-hmm. It's it's universal. And the fact that this this show has the guff to say, oh, I thought this man was black. Yeah. Was rough. Super rough. That That is a problematic thing, number one. Number two, we've got this kind of subline, and I guess it was more of this man immigrating to the United States. Yes, from Burkina Faso. And he has, may I say, the character who helps him out mm-hmm. is our favorite character. It is! It's uh, So he's uh, sort of an immigration social worker. Yeah. Uh, played by Carl Lumbly <gasps> from Alias and yes. Cagney and Lacey and... Um, I just love this man so much. His, uh, just, he was a bright spot to this. He was the, yeah, he did the best acting in the whole episode. <laughs> he did do the best, but spoiler alert, he died. Oh yeah, he does. Um, so he's coming to help the kind of patient zero, or I guess the vampire. Yeah, well. What, what's going on with him? Why don't you talk about the autopsy? Um, so Skelly is in her lab and she is, um, doing an autopsy on this, uh, victim that they were just talking about and, uh. Mulder comes in. Oh, yeah. And he says, oh, I heard you were down here slicing and dicing. Um, Mulder, a man is dead. This is a problem that I personally have with a lot of, uh, like, shows like CSI and and that sort of thing that use these sort of terms that you would never use in this professional setting. (laughs) Um, Like, so much sensitivity training and just, like, common sense goes into people that work in um, professions where they're dealing with the deceased. Uh, and you would never say that sort of thing. You would yeah, just, you would just wouldn't. Mulder is a shitlord. Yeah, like, he is he's a, a t- total shitlord. Like, and here's the thing. He makes a gag at this corpse's expense. And then on the other hand, he's like, um, Scully, young black men are dying and no one cares. Yeah. Well, now here's the thing is that I thought that was like the one thread in this episode that was worth spending more time on. And that's yeah. all they say about it. Yep. Uh, and then later Mulder kind of flips yeah, two. He, yeah, he flips too, and that's not no longer what's important to him. So making Mulder as a white man be the voice of reason to all these other white people saying, "Hey, look, um, white, uh, black people are dying and no one cares." Yeah, it happens all the time for sure. Why don't we keep talking about this? Yeah, but it kind of just goes away, right? Yeah, they touch on it basically in this one scene, and then that element never comes up again. Um, and then the other thing that we learn about this, uh, the deceased man, is that he has a necrotized pituitary. What does that mean? Uh, it basically just means the, the flesh um, or the mm-hmm. organ of his pituitary is like the skin is necrotized, which means it's dying. Or it's dead. Dying. It's dead tissue. Um, and what, I have a question. Mm-hmm. What does the pituitary gland do for you? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so I was about to tell you. For you? Uh, it regulates a lot of different hormones. Okay. Um, but for the purposes of this episode, the important thing that it does is it regulates the amount of melanin in your skin. It, it's the little hangy thing off of your brain, right? Isn't that a little hangy thing? Um, <laughs> it's a little brain hang... Because it's like, isn't it... Because you got your brain. Yeah, your main brain. You got your main... <laughs> got my main brain. Got the little, like, um... Medulla little, oblongata? Well, that's the long, skinny thing that attaches to your 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 spine, right? I guess, yeah, yeah, that, that just and then, sounds about right. And then the pituitary... Just hang, yeah, it's the dangler. It's a, it's a little... What's the uvli, uvlia? The uvula? Uv, uvlia. It's the, it's the brain uvlia. <laughs> <laughs> blah, 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 blah. 
right? It, yeah, the pituitary is the uvula of the brain. Little hangy thing. I think you nailed it. Oh, good. I'm not a science teacher, but I could be. So next time you're talking to someone uh, about the uh, pituitary, just ask about the angle of their dangle. <laughs> hey, 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 how's it dangling? <laughs> I mean, oh, you pituitary. You're pituitary. Duh. <laughs> okay, so our friend and your friend, Carl. Yeah, and can I say, I forgot to mention my favorite thing that Carl Lumbly has done. Yeah. Uh, which is being uh, the voice of John Jones in Justice League Unlimited. Ooh. My favorite DC character. Yeah? Yeah. Really? Absolutely. Martian Manhunter, for sure. Did I... My favorite thing about Martian Manhunter is he really likes Oreos. He does. He loves... He is fucking nuts for Oreos. <laughs> And I remember there's a comic book series where Booster Gold and um, Blue Beetle basically rids the city of all Oreos. Really? And Martian Manhunter goes insane and like, beca- <laughs> and, like just goes on a rampage and Booster and Blue are like, oh shit. I'm pretty sure that's a just old Justice League International comic. I gotta find that. That's it's amazing. Re- it's my favorite favorite series of comics. It's Aww. so good. But I'm a fake geek girl and I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Noted. Anyway, I love Oreos as well. Yeah, they're very good. Have you ever tried Oreos dipped in peanut butter? No. <sighs> Chocolate covered Oreos are dope though. <sighs> can, you, can I tell you what kind of Oreo I don't like? Tell me. Birthday cake Oreos. Really? I don't like them at all. What is it about them? Uh, I don't like that fake birthday cake vanilla flavoring. Oh, it's my favorite. Really? Yeah. Do you know what? One of the secret of fake birthday cake flavor? Please. Three parts vanilla, one part almond extract. Really? Yes. I think that's what I don't like is the almond extract. Yeah. So if you make funfetti cake, fake funfetti cake, it's a little bit of almond extract. Hmm. Wank. Wank. (laughs) That's my secret to you. I went to the United States of America. Mm Mm-hmm. And I went to La Target, yeah, as we say in French, and and I went to the snack aisle. Now you've joined me on this. I part. have. I was very. I got super. Excited. I just like looking at all the snacks in America. You guys have a bounty. Yeah, a there's bounty so many of varieties snacks. of things. But you have like the cookie aisle in La Target was half Oreos. Yeah. There's like 20 different types of Oreos. I know. It's overwhelming. I like the mint ones. Mm, the mint ones are very good. They have Peeps Oreos. Oh, yeah, they did. They have Swedish Fish Oreos. It's just like, at what uh, what point have you gone too oh, far? What would be the Oreo that you want to see in your life? Oh, my most valued Oreo. I want a Brie Oreo. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Nabisco. I think a Rocky Road Oreo. Oh, Rocky Road Oreo. They have an Oreo-flavored Oreo. They have a cookies and cream-flavored Oreo. I don't... Science has gone too far, Alice. Too far. God lives in fear of his creation. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about this immigration guy. Okay. Carl. Carl Lumbly. He's coming in. He's checking in on his new case. Yeah. Which is the vampire guy. Aboa. Aboa. And Aboa seems sick. And Carl's like, you okay, bro? And he gives this speech about, you know, once you become an American citizen, your life will be better. You'll be able to, all your sisters and brothers and your cousins and your family you'll be able to, you know, bring them over and whatever. And I guess there was this thing you read in Wikipedia about how this commentary on 
illegal immigrants within the immigrant community, and it was kind of like an us versus them thing. Yeah, so there's actually a quote on the Wikipedia article for this episode from uh, Professor Ito Koisen, who teaches at the University of Toronto, uh, and he said, uh, what sustains the X-Files imagining of otherness is not merely the strangeness of the esoteric, but its coding as opposed to the law and civic order, which we'll see throughout the episode. Uh, mapped onto the chronotopes of the dark alleyways of the inner city, this other of the civic order is then easily imagined as that other which resists the law or more usually fails to be fully integrated into the civil order. In the Teleco example from the X-Files, this other is of course the illegal immigrant who lives among the ethnic minorities of his own color and preys upon them. Thus the image of otherness in the X-Files is conjoined to a major concern of political systems in the West. Yeah, good quote. Good quote. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of weird stuff said in this episode with regard to uh, immigrants and illegal immigrants. Yeah. Um, that is kind of spooky to hear in the time we're currently in. Yeah, it's a real weird feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the seed. Oh, yes. Okay, so Mulder takes it upon himself to get the samples from the victim's body tested. Because black people are dying and no one cares. Yes. But then Mulder doesn't care later on, so it's really, weird. it's really weird. So he takes them to Charlie Skelly. Yeah! He's very disappointed that Skelly is not there. there. Because it's his sister. Yeah. Allison, it's his sister. And no other reason. No other reason. Certainly our our narrative is not at cross-purpose with what's being set up in the show. <laughs> Never. Never. Ever. And our, that, our mythos is golden. It is rock solid. Oh, uh, so what they find is this seed, this, like, couple inch long spiky seed. It's like a passion fruit Yeah, pa- from a passion fruit flower. Um, and so they determine, one, that it is not from, it's not local, that yeah. it's from Burkina Faso. Yeah. Uh, which is how they link it with the man that came over on the plane. Yeah. And um, uh, they also determine that it releases... Toxin. Yeah, it releases something that affects the melanin um, in the person's body. That's it? Yeah. That's weird. That's wet and wild. And it affects the pituitary... Well, I guess... I think what they were trying to get at is that it releases a toxin that is then um, uh, absorbed by the pituitary, which affects the pituitary's oh. ability to produce melanin. It makes you all canatonic, right? Yeah. Mm. And it also, I guess, leaches the color from your skin. Or, no, that's the vampire. No, that's what the seed... Oh, is it? I think so. How... Mm, how does the... The science in this episode... Is very bad. It had some issues. How does the... How does a boa take the pigment out of these people's skin? Do they suck it up? Well, I kind of... That's what it seemed like with the thing that he keeps in his esophagus. That... Wasn't that a... Um, uh, like a pipe? Was it called? No, no, it no? wasn't. Uh, it had a... Was it a long wacky straw? Was that what it was? <laughs> I think it had a knife at the end. Oh, no, he put it up. That's right. He yeah, was going to put it up Carl's nose. Uh-huh. And so maybe he just, he sucks it. It's a wacky straw. sucks it all out through the pituitary. Yeah. Okay. I and think then you're onto something. <laughs> so the seed makes them catatonic. Yeah. And then the wacky straw is how he sucks all the melanin out of their pituitary. Checks out. Done. And it's, and then it's one of those wacky straws that you can also, like, it's a straw, but it's also glasses that you can wear. <laughs> so do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember that? I absolutely do. Oh. You can see yourself drinking. Can I, 
tell you a piece of my nostalgia. I would love for you to. Okay. You know how in cereals when we were younger, mm-hmm. cereal boxes, they had, like, like they had actual toys and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think they're allowed to do no. that. Um, there was a cereal, probably a Kellogg cereal, that had spoons. Oh! That changed color I remember. But also was a milk straw. Oh my god. Do you remember that? I don't remember the milk straw. And so you ate it, and the spoon changed color, and that was crazy. Mm -hmm. And then you could stick it in the milk and suck up all the cereal milk that was mostly sugar because you had your sugar Oh, that's my favorite thing about cereal milk. Yeah? That's why I eat Count Chocula. Because then you have chocolate milk. Well, it turns the milk chocolatey. Mmm. I had Cocoa Krispies. Nice. Cocoa Krispies are really, really good. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you the best thing to do? This is a secret for you space cadets. Uh, <laughs> if you mix peanut butter puff cereal and uh, Cocoa Puff cereal, mm-hmm. so good. It's Reese's. Yeah, you Reese's, just, Reese's peanut butter. You just jailbroke that. I did. <laughs> that cereal. I hacked Reese's. You, <laughs> you hacked that cereal bowl. It's a very good tip. Hot tip. Hot tip. Hot cereal tips. If anyone has one of those spoons, I want one so bad. Send your spoons to Courtney. Please. Please send your spoons to me. Or your picture of your spoon, doublexfilespodcast at gmail.com. Please send us those spoons. Please please send us those hot spoon pics. Huh? So Mulder finds this weird seed, and he says, <laughs> I'm going to go figure this out. Mulder and the weird seed is the weirdest Harry Potter book I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, they got real off brand with that one. <laughs> so he flies to New York. He does, and he goes to the UN. He does, yeah, and he talks to uh, his new UN daddy, the agri- the daddy of agriculture. Yes, the UN daddy of agriculture. Do we know her name? Uh, oh, yes, we do. Um, Number one, she's really good looking. Yeah, she's actually played by Laurie Holden, who you may know from The Walking Dead. Uh, so the name of this character is Marita Covarubias. Yes. Uh, and she is, uh, we saw her at the end of episode one, um, season four, episode one, Heron Volk, where she gives... The corn children, the bee children. The bee children. So she gives that information to Mulder about the for- the farm, and she... And the space weed. And she also says to him, not everything dies, which is falsely, patently untrue. So, <laughs> oh, we won't. Oh, no, we'll never. Well, okay. Never. Yeah. Ever. I mean, we're the exception. We're going to stay golden. Yeah. Yeah. Be cool. <laughs> so she's our new daddy of agriculture. Yes. Now, I do have to say, the title of daddy crosses over every gender. Oh, absolutely. Any it's, gender can be a daddy. all gender and no gender. Yes. So I want to make that clear. Daddy in this context is can be anyone. Anyone can be a daddy. A daddy. Can be our daddy. Eh? <laughs> We're pan daddies. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're pansexual for our daddies. This is the point at which I wrote um, music getting worse. Yeah. Oh, it was getting really bad. Because uh, this is when we see the guy at the bus stop, right? Oh, yeah. So we see it. Oh, this Oh, this one made my skin crawl. It made me very yeah, upset in many So ways. you were at a bus station in kind of an inner city context. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a poster at this bus stop that had graffiti on it. It was two white people in front of the pyramids yeah. in, in uh, Egypt. Yeah. So this is kind of a stab at colonialism and, like, uh, gentrification and, like... It's just, like, like, every statement that this show tries to make, it does so, so clumsily. Imperialism and every all the issues we have with 
white people taking on other people's cultures yeah. and this and that and the other thing. Um, then that is just crossed into this African choral ethnic music yeah. at the same time time. So you're making a statement about colonialism, but you're also using colonial? Like, you're also yeah. using it? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, appropriating. Yeah. It's a it's appropriation. Yeah. And you're using the music, you're appropriating the music for a really gross purpose. Yeah, and there actually is, um, it says, actually in the theme section of the Wikipedia page, it says specifically that the episode prominently features tribal music, and according to Alan F. Moore in his book Analyzing Popular Music, the usage of the episode reinforces a dangerous but culturally dangerous slippage between the others. Um, And the writer of the episode uh, claimed that linking the supernatural ethnic character to the tribal music adds a more exotic feeling to the character. Oh my god. is really frustrating. Super frustrating. When you're trying to make a statement to... Americans, probably white Americans, yeah. about like, hey, don't, you know, black people are dying and there is a problem of the treatment of uh, black people and people in color of our country. And Mulder's saying, you know, p- black people are dying and nobody cares. And then you put that in? Yeah. That's Ugh. the frustrating thing is that this episode is so layered in otherness that e- even if they were trying to put in a message, which they seem to only be trying to do at points, yeah, um, and not in a unified way, they really shoot themselves in the foot by layering it. Like, it's not just the otherness of the tribal music, but it's also the fact that this episode is meant to take place in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, but the only parts of the city that we see are sort of these inner city spaces or quote unquote what, you know, a bunch of writers think the inner city looks like. Garbage bags and burnt out cars. Yes, exactly. To be fair, that's most of Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Philly. <laughs> I've never been. Actually, point blank, I love Philadelphia. Oh, really? It is amazing. The museums there are fucking amazing. Oh, cool. The art scene there is fucking amazing. The history there is so cool. That's where the Mutter Museum is. Oh, Shit. I badly want to go there. Right? Yeah, but what we see in this episode is an alleyway with a burned out car and yeah. a ton of trash. Yeah. And then this one bus stop. Because we equate that to inner city to immigrants. Yeah. Specifically black immigrants or, or African Americans. Nice. 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 And I think a lot of those scenes probably were filmed in, you know, what's considered our... Strathcona. Strathcona area, which is a downtown area that is uh, relatively lower income. Yeah. Dying on a plane is a big deal, Alice. Yeah, it is. And they really made it seem in this episode like it was trying to, like they were trying to cover it up or it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, it wasn't in the, they're, they're really trying, I guess, I don't know, are they saying like, because this is a health crisis, we don't want people to panic. But like you said, whenever someone dies on a plane, that's huge news. And that's not just in a post 9-11 world. That's no. Pre-9-11 as well. Like, it's not something that happens very often. So when it does happen, you hear about it. Like that movie Red Eye, about the murder on the plane. And that movie Snakes on a Plane, about the snakes on the plane. Oh, yeah. Was there... Well, but snakes can't do a murder. Yeah, they can. No. Okay, not in a legal context, but they can (laughs) kill people. You're not going to put the snakes on trial. I see what you're saying. I was mistaken. Snakes are going to get, like, 7 to 14 for manslaughter. (laughs) Will they live that long? Yeah, snakes live, like, 30 years, some of them. Oh, really? Yeah. I know a snake that's 33 years old. Okay. (laughs) And she swallowed up her birthday cake. 
Aww. <laughs> Snakes are pure and they can't do a murder, Allison. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. Thank you. But you know who's not pure? Who? This bus driver that I hate. Oh, this <laughs> goddamn So, um, this teenager is at the bus stop, um, and he gets the prickle thorn shot into him. He gets the seed. The seed. And he sort of starts choking and goes catatonic and a bus pulls up. Yep, with a white man. A white uh, white man driving the bus and he sort of, it's a weird echoey effect and we can't really hear what he's saying, but we assume it's something horrible. Um, and then he says to the man who is choking and in medical distress, well, fine, you can walk then. And then he drives away. Yeah, and then later when Scully's interviewing him, he's like, oh, you better write down that I had a schedule to keep. This is just the worst bus driver. I have to say, all of the, the bus drivers in Vancouver are mostly very nice, except for that one very homophobic man uh, <laughs> that I used to take the bus of. Oh, no. Um, in North Van. <laughs> so there's always some bus drivers. There are there's some always some... I mean, any big city. Yeah. You're going to get some, some sprinkling. You're going to get some sprinkling of homophobia. Um, but a lot of the bus drivers that I see regularly are very nice people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. My uncle's a bus driver. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. In Hamilton. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so this guy's just a real tool. And I have to say, uh, uh, one thing that I recognized and appreciated in this scene um, as Mulder and Skelly are investigating, was the old man that was just, like, kind of hanging out in the background. Oh, yeah. We had a couple <laughs> background boys. We did. This background boy was one of my favorites because he was slightly out of focus. Yeah. So you just got the illusion of the background boy. Mm -hmm. He had the widest suspenders. Even out of oh, focus. Oh, yeah. You could see those suspenders just hoisting up his pants. Just keeping them up. He had a real Fred Mertz. <laughs> situation going on. Oh, and I loved him. And he had bald head, thick black mustache. Oh, you gotta. He just wanted to know what was going on. He's like, hey, someone do a murder here? He's not a snake. Tell me more. It couldn't have been a snake. They can't do a murder. They can't do a murder. They're pure. Uh, and then our other backroom void that we, I think, passed over was uh, a woman that was taking Mulder's ticket as he got on the plane. Oh, she had the greatest She had an amazing... Hairdo. She had a hairdo that would fit on the NHL ice in the 1970s. Oh my god, it would. She had Dougie Gilmore hair. It was so good. <laughs> Dougie. So good. Uh, she had, Actually, she had Carrie Fraser hair in the 70s. Oh, so good. <laughs> hey, can I can I give a shout out? Yeah. It's the NHL playoffs. Oh. Go Leafs! Sports. Go Leafs. I'm a big Leafs fan. They're playing the Washington Capitals. Mm. We're st right now, when I were recording it, series is tied 2 2. Oh, wow. And we have lots of Canadian teams in this year. Oh, nice. Except for the Canucks. Thank God I don't want to have to live through that again. Well, fuck y'all. I'm not a big, I'm not a Canuck fan. I mean, at this point, I'm just mostly not a fan of Canuck fans. <laughs> Can I? Did I tell the story about my my Canuck fan story on this podcast? I don't think so. So, I'm a Leaf fan, mm -hmm. and therefore I have a Leaf jersey. And I was in my I don't know second year of university, and I wore my Leaf jersey on the first first day of the season, uh -huh. the NHL season. And we have double decker buses in Victoria. Mm -hmm. Double decker bus pulled up. Saw my Leaf jersey and said, I only allow Canuck fans on my bus. Closed the door and drove off. 
Canuck fans are the fucking worst. I also got a pastrami sandwich thrown at me that same day. What? Yeah. When we walk, uh, you remember the pub on on campus? Oh yeah. Walk by there, threw a sandwich at me. Okay, students are also the but, worst. But jokes on them. I was hungry. I'm a student. I picked it up and ate it. <laughs> oh, it was only a little bit bunny nibbled. It was very good though. <laughs> hey, anyway, pastrami. You gotta go Leafs. Oh boy. So uh, they go to the immigration office where Carl Umbley works. Yep. They're looking for anyone that has immigrated to uh, America from West Africa in the last. Three months. Yes. And Carl Lumbly is very concerned because he thinks they're going to try to arrest people. Um, and yeah, or, or are, throw them out, deport them. Yeah, that are under his sort of purview, and that's obviously very concerning. Um, and they convince him, no, 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 we're having a, we're having a health crisis, and we just want to make sure, you know, there's a disease that's being spread, and we're trying to figure it out. And they say, someone says, um, death is a health crisis. Yes, I think Mulder said that, because it sounds very Mulder-y, doesn't it? When are we going to solve this death problem, Allison? <laughs> we are having a terrible death problem in this world, and... Uh, well, we should, uh, actually, if we're going to live forever, I'm sure we can they can use parts of our body to figure it out. Our one body we our share. One body. <laughs> oh, yeah, this season we're trying something new. I transplanted my head onto Allison's shoulders. We're living in one body. It's a little itchy, but... Though, I do want to say I wish we would have chosen my body. <laughs> what are you saying? You got... You got some tummy problems. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> we should have picked the body with the, with the maybe less serious chronic illness. <laughs> now, we're eating for two and pooping for three. And you really like vegetables, and I, I cannot handle it. Maybe we can cut both of our heads off and put it on someone else's body. Let's go find the healthiest person we can. <laughs> yes, let's leech off of them. <laughs> Give me that pituitary. Are we an X-File? I mean, as we are, yes, right oh, now. Okay, good. Currently, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so eventually they um, they find, they go to Oboa's um, apartment to try mm. to find him. Mm. He's not there. Mulder and Scully come outside and they see him across the street. Mm. Mulder shouts at him and he runs. Um, so they, and he almost gets hit by a car. Yeah, because they yell at him. And he's, he's like, like halfway across the street, Welder yells at him, and he like, I don't know, don't shout at someone when they're halfway across a busy intersection. Yeah, and they run after him, and he hides. Yeah, so they chase him into this, um, very sketchy inner city Philadelphia alleyway. Lots of trash bags. As we mentioned, burned out cars. Lots of burned out cars. They're just stacks on stacks on stacks, stacks. stacks on stacks. Uh, and it's one of those situations where they've chased him into an alleyway, but he's gone. And where could he have gone? Because there's nowhere to go. And Mulder kicks a bunch of trash bags. Yeah, he does. Mulder, you can't just go around kicking trash bags. I'm a fucking temper tantrum. You don't know what's in there. <laughs> could be some snakes. Well, I'm concerned if it is. <laughs> Who's throwing snakes away? Who's, who would dare throw a snake away? He, now you've gotten upset about a fiction you've created. <laughs> I know. Philadelphia um, is very anti-snake. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's my mythos. Okay. So Mulder's looking around, and then he there's a very small opening on one of the buildings, and he looks inside of it, and what does he see? There's a person in there. There's a person in there. Hello. What you doing? Just hanging. Right in the walls. <laughs> he got, he got um, what's it called? The cast of Montague or whatever. The cask of Amontillado? Yes, he got that. Okay. So he it bricked got, him up in there. He bricked him up on both sides, though. He got double casted. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's strange because it's a very small space, and they're like, how could that have even happened? Um, but they bring him into the hospital yeah. to run a bunch of tests. And Carl comes, he's like, why are you arresting my boy? 
And Mulder says, we only arrest him because he ran. Which is like, okay, hello. Well, Carl gets a very good yeah, sort of, she, um, he does. He does. Uh, bit to say about this where he says, you know, if you were in like the situations that this man has lived in where people arrest you for no reason or your house is burned no, down. No, they arrest you because of how you look. Oh, is that what he says? Yeah, I oh. believe. Okay. Um... Then, then you would run too. And then, uh, so they get the results of the test back and they find that Aboa has no pituitary gland at all. <gasps> he's got no dangle in he's, his angle. <laughs> he's dangleless. He's, da- he's, he's pituitary. Sam's dangle. He's Sam's dangle. Gotta get more dingle in your dangle. So this is when we have Mulder going to, is he just the embassy head? Uh, the ambassador. The ambassador. To Faso, yeah. And saying, hey. Bro, you got a problem. And I know you're, you're trying to hide it. Trying to cover up this thing that this uh this plane death, but I know what's up. And this man says a line that I will tattoo in my forehead right next to my double X tiles tattoo, and it says, I do not have a choice in the matter. <laughs> <laughs> Which is our theme for this time. How we feel about the X Files. So there's Burts out in this scene just a load of mysticism. Yeah, a lot of mysticism about, quote-unquote, a lost tribe. Um, uh, essentially what the the sort of story they're spinning is, is that there there was a missing tribe of... Uh... Well, no, no, no. Okay, that comes later. Oh, Wait, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. 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 I thought you were really offended that I stopped no. you. <laughs> he talks about the mythos of this... What, what's the oh, title? Oh, Teleco. This Teleco. And it's a, a creature or a being or a spirit. Mm-hmm. So that's the mysticism he was talking about. But it was full of that music. Mm-hmm. And the mixing was really bad, so the music was very loud. And, mm, again, with any of ethnicity, if you're using mysticism as the spooky element... Yeah, 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 I yeah. I got a big problem. Um, and he says a lot of, like, kind of uh, stereotypical phrases like, My people and the old stories. X-Files. If you're using this as a plot development to make something spookier and to make yourself an X-File, I have a problem with that. Yeah, I definitely do. And it's something they do all the goddamn time. And you're not, you're not giving a voice to this culture. You're using it. Yeah. Like you're fucking using it for your own twisted value. And that's gross. It is gross. It's gross to just take, like, a different culture and say, like, this is a weird spooky thing. Like the Haitian voodoo and the Chinese, um... Organ lottery. Yeah. No, it's really gross. It's very gross and we don't like it. And please stop because we have to watch so many more episodes. Yes, please stop. But again, we are two white people. Yes. So it is to be said that people of color, especially... African professors and scholars and people who write books are, are pointed out that this is a problem. Yeah, and we're actually going to be posting a lot of links to these voices over the yes. week after this episode airs. Yeah, we don't want to talk over these voices for sure. Um, can I get to my the spooky, spooky doopy oh, part? Please. Oh man. Oh yeah, this really horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> bad. So uh, Aboa escapes because he's a squeeze person. Yeah. And he escapes in this little drawer. Of this little the, rolly cart that has green jello roll- on it. Oh, yeah, your favorite. Oh, boy. And so he escapes, and, and the doctor's like, oh, I guess he's in the john. Better roll this thing out on out of here. And he leaves it in the hallway, and I'm, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. The door's gonna open. 
And the drawer opens and all we see are these upside down eyes. And now you have a fear of upside down eyes. I do eyes. have a fear of upside down eyes. Can you eyes? explain to me the phenomena of upside down eyes? Yeah. So, do you want me to do it? Do upside do do down eyes? <laughs> sure. You know when, okay, we have this weird, it, it must be like a weird reptilian brain thing where you recognize faces, mm-hmm. right? So, when you see someone who is upside down, you're like, okay, that person's upside down. But suddenly, if you just look at their eyes, it seems like their eyes are right side up. Oh. Do you want me to do it? Do sure. Me? Just look into my eyes, Allison. Oh, okay, yeah, that's terrifying. Right? Yes. It's like the beluga whale. You gotta draw a little face on your yeah. chin. Is that scary? <laughs> it's scary. Anyway, that's when we get this whole Lost Tribe thing in. Oh, is it? Yeah. After the... Well, oh, no, after Carl dies. Yeah, okay, so this is one of my favorite parts. When I Carl think. dies? No, it's when um, when, when Samuel Oboa um, confronts Carl in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. The parking garage. Oh, yeah, that so, was really good. Yeah, so um, uh, Carl uh, gets into his car, or he's getting into his car in the parking garage at the hospital, and Samuel Oboa um, confronts him, and Carl is just, like, talking to him, like, hey, are you okay? Like, did you need to talk to me? Like, what's going on? And Samuel's just, like, staring at him this with this, fun. like, really, like, happy, placid look on his face, and this is like, this is the chillest motherfucker. <laughs> he's like, do you have something to say to me? Oh, they let you out. Yes. 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 And he's like, okay, Carl's like, okay, let's go for a ride. But Samuel Oboa has... The little sticky thing. Yeah. His crazy straw's ready. Yes. And he takes Carl in the alleyway, and he sticks it right up the nose. Right up the old nose. And he puts his crazy straw glasses on. And they just... So they find Carl with the crazy straw still up his nose. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, oh, gosh. The, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. The, the theory here, which the X-Files is putting down, is... Isaboa is part of this lost tribe, people with albinism? Albinism, yeah. Albinism. And in order to survive in the world, in their world, they need to be more black or presenting as more black. Yeah. So he is taking the pigment in other black people's skin so he can present as more black. Um, and according to the Wikipedia article for this episode, uh, this is apparently an element in some uh, folklore from the Bambara people who uh, live in and around Guinea, Burkina Faso, and Senegal. So I guess they have pulled elements of this from an actual place, uh, an actual people. So the, Oh, wait. So what you're saying, Allison, is the X-Files is taking a piece of someone else's culture and using it for their own game. Just to spook it up. What?! Yeah. Oh, man. Jeez. Let's take this thing and just make it uh, whatever the hell we want. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Cool. Not cool. Yeah. Um, This is when I wrote, oh, this is like squeeze, but totally way more offensive. Yep. Nice. Uh, And then, oh, gosh, there's a line I really hate, which is, um, so Mulder and Scully are realizing that Aboa is gone, that they've Mm -hmm. lost him, and um, they're talking about him being part of this lost tribe. And um, Skelly says, well, if that's the case, if he's this, you know, part of this whole mystical situation, Mm -hmm. why would he leave his country to come here? And Mulder says, free cable? Which, just when you kind of layer it into all the stuff that they've already said about immigration, is really And also, Mulder, black men are dying. Yeah, you said that yourself! You said that yourself! And now it's all goofs and gags. Thanks! Just pick one thing and stick with it, my man. 
So they're chasing down a boa in the in the creepiest asbestos-filled, torn-down building, right? Yeah, another warehouse romp. Yep, another crazy, crazy. And I I had my hackles up because I was ready for some spooks. Yeah, you were ready to be spooked. And uh, you were not disappointed. <laughs> so they're crawling around, and Mulder gets shot with the seed. Yeah, and um, he gets seated in in a. Is he in the vent when he gets seated? Uh, no, Scully's in the vent. Okay, so Scully, yeah, Scully crawls up into this vent to try and find both Mulder and Aboa, and um, she she scrambles past a body in the vent. Yeah, uh, and then she scrambles on to find Mulder, who's in this sort of like state of un, you know, uh, yeah, because he got seated because he got seated, uh, and then she looks back and the body's gone, <laughs> and then and then. And then you got real pooped. Yeah. Because we see Aboa crawling out of the darkness towards Skelly in this vent. Oh, and the eyes. The eyes are like this purple red. Oh, it's so good. It was very spooky. Because it was like the the lighting was completely dark and all you saw was the eyes and Skelly showed the light very quickly onto Aboa and it was very good. And then he comes forward and you see that he is um, fully covered in the white pancake makeup. (laughs) The clown makeup. Yes. He's fully (gasps) clown. Maybe he needs to suck the life out of non-clowns so he <laughs> can hide him being a clown. That's why he gets. That's why he wants Mulder. He's down to clown. Oh, no! <laughs> Wait! Juggalos? <laughs> Secret plot of the episode. <laughs> Slightly less racist plot of the episode. Yes. If it's about Juggalos, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so, here's the thing. I mean, if you're going to shoot Mulder, Mulder's not going to be able to get more white. Yeah. Like, Mulder is not the victim that... He, he's, yeah. not, he's not the best victim. And if he's sucking out for his uh, clown ability, Mulder's the clowniest clown all over that. Mulder's a real clown. He's a real clown. Anyway. So, um, they kind of escape, I guess, at the other side of this vent into a room where there's a lot of Aboa's victims. Yeah. And then, so Aboa's coming up behind uh, Scully, and he's kind of blurred out, but it's a really creepy it shot. Is, yeah. And um, Mulder is canatonic, but he's using his eyes to be like, eh? 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 He's eh? behind him. Eh? And so Aboa leaps, and Scully shoots him right in the dick. Yeah. Right in the hole. And I want to say, when we say people are being shot right in the dick, it's because the, the camera angles on this show always make it look that way. The... These people are being shot right like in the it's dick. always cut in a way where it looks like the angle of the the uh, projectile from the gun is going directly into someone's dick. The trajectory is right into the pork and beans. Yes, it is. <laughs> like, every time. Every, Why? Every goddamn time. That's the episode, right? Yeah, and then we get, um, well, we we get a monologue from Scully as she writes up her report, and she oh, says a lot really of real, real wax stuff, like, yeah. um... Do not, hey, you know what? Don't put Scully on a pedestal. She's not even, <laughs> she's not above all this racism either. No, because she's written by the same people writing all the rest of the stuff. Yes. Uh, I mean, she's beautiful, but... Yeah. So she says stuff like, science may someday be able to explain his place in evolution. Oh! And uh, makes some heavy-handed statements about the alien among us. Yeah. So I guess, like, here's the frustrating thing. You mean the alien among us, the clown without clown makeup. Exactly. Right? Um, It could be everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but just to sum up, like, the frustrating thing about this episode is that it's trying to make statements about what's alien and what's other, but it's presenting things as alien and other purposefully. So the message falls totally flat. You want to rate it? Yeah, let's rate it. I rate it on a spooky scale. 
Five is I can never, ever sleep, mm-hmm. ever, ever again. And one is I want to take a nap. This is higher than Squeeze, I think. Really? Yes. What did you give Squeeze? I think I gave Squeeze a four. Is this four and a half? This is a four and a half. Wow. This is a cold four and a half. The Upside Down Highs really pooped me. Yeah. I have a thing with that. Ooh, boy. <laughs> I rate on a rage scale, it goes from one, which is like perfect, beautiful, wonderful show, to Excelsis Day, which is the worst episode we've ever watched. Which is the furious. worst, most offensive episode we've ever watched. I'm going to give this a nine. Yes. Good. Yeah. It was awful. It was just very bad, inexcusable. And yeah. Yeah. X-Files, it was bad. It, X-Files, it was bad, and you should feel bad. Yeah, you should. You ready? I'm ready. Hey, Allison. Yeah. You ready for some personal... X-Files. Uh, you know it. Come and tell us, dude, about the spooky thing that happened to you. Cause we'll never tell you that we don't believe you. Unless we get abducted, we will never leave you. We want to hear about your personal X-Files. We need a cleanse. Yeah. Hey, let's take your wacky straw mm-hmm. and just slide it on in to my new favorite website, UFO Stalker. It's... The best. Guys, if you go to ufostalker.com, you can find people's UFO and abduction reports from all over the world, and they're fascinating. So, you have found... You actually sent me this. I did. You have found an alien encounter, which means, like, a close encounter of the third kind in my hometown, Burnaby, BC. It looks like it is actually near Lougheed, where I used to live. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, boy. That could have been you. That could... It is me. (laughs) This is... This is marked as an attempted abduction. Yep. So this is going to get crazy wet and wild. Uh, the time zone is American Chicago, so that's weird. Yeah. And the day of the sighting is 1996. So, like, this is pretty much when season four was airing. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. By the way, this they have sighting statistics. There is 620... Oh, so close. 620 sightings <laughs> in British Columbia. 13 sightings in Burnaby. 193 sightings near Burnaby. Oh, wow. But there were no other sightings near Burnaby on this date. I I do want to state I'm not mocking or making fun of this oh, person. No. no, no, no. This person had an experience, and it is amazing. And yeah. it's really cool that they wrote it down. Okay. I was asleep when I suddenly awoke hearing the door open. Uh, and I'm hypervigilant, so I heard it. My bot... This is so fucking scary. This is about, like, my nightmare. Oh, no. My body was paralyzed, but I could move my head slightly to see my closet door slowly open. Once open, I saw a small dot of light that spread horizontal, then vertically to take the shape of a reptile, was like looking at stars, then turned white. Then two dark energy bipedal figures looked out at me and around the room. After a second or so, they came through and grabbed me and tried to pull me into the entrance that opened. I mustered all my mental strength, and with a burst of energy, I was able to pull away from their grip and scream. They fled back through the portal, and it turned back into a starry appearance, then closed the op- uh, closed opposite as it opened to a small speck and then disappeared. I got up and checked the closet door as it was le- left slightly ajar, then the door was completely closed before. When my wife, then girlfriend, was unable to be woken up for some time after the event. I had experienced many occurrences throughout my life as a child, I, uh, and then they go through, like, their own experiences, too. That is the scariest motherfucking thing. Yeah. Things in the closet. Aliens in your closet. They're gonna grab at you. But what I love about it is this person just being like, uh, no. Fuck 
No, you're not, not taking me. Today, aliens. Not today, alien motherfuckers. I may be paralyzed, but I can fucking kick your ass. Aliens. Super badass. Stay out of my closet, aliens. Anyway. <laughs> so we'll post a link to this, and uh, yeah, you should check out the, the site in general. There's lots of really cool stories. on the-, the one thing that I find really interesting about these stories is just how universal so much of it is. The the sleep paralysis yeah. is super high. Like, um, I had sleep paralysis as a kid, and a lot of it was, like, you were half dreaming, half awake, and you thought you saw things in your room, mm-hmm. and that's why I sleep with something over my eyes, so I don't wake up, kind of, and see things. Yeah. Because it terrifies me. Absolutely. But something out coming out of your closet is fucking... Insane. I used to be terrified. In Burnaby. What if it was my old house and they were still in the closet? Allison! Uh, only time can tell. You know what? They probably moved because the rent went up. <laughs> yeah, the aliens were like, oh, jeez, this we're is going, oh, boy. We're oh, going out oh. to Abbotsford. <laughs> See ya. Okay, so yeah, we will post at least, just like UFO Stalker, you guys gotta check this out. And if you have a personal X-File or a hometown X-File, or if you're like cousin had this whole thing happen to him, please email us at doublexfilespodcast at gmail.com. We want to tell your story because we think it's fucking cool. And we don't, uh, it doesn't just have to be aliens. It could be any kind of cryptid, any kind of weird creature or anything. Ghost, ghoul, everything. <laughs> Ghost, ghoul, and everything in between. <laughs> we don't judge on a spectral binary. No. <laughs> It's a spectral spectrum. This screwdriver is for ghosts, but this screwdriver is for ghouls. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah. Okay, I smell pancakes. Let's get going. What's the next thing we do? You Allison. get to predict the next episode. Hells yeah. Anything could happen based on a name. Anything could happen when you're playing the prediction game. Tell me, Courtney, what's it gonna be? A way to dredge up all of your childhood anxiety. Okay, so the title for season four, episode four, Mm. four by four, is (laughs) Unruh. Excuse me? U-N-R-U-H-E. What's a roux? Like a roux, like a sauce that you make? Well, it has an H in it, so I'm not sure. Or it's, it's either unruh or unruh. <laughs> Not like a roux, like a mother sauce. Maybe. Is that what it's a mother sauce? It's a roux is a mother like sauce. Like a scoby is a mother kombucha? <laughs> Why do you know so much about kombucha? My my boss makes it. Okay. Uh, oh, unruh. Mm. Like someone will unruh. Or the unruh. Unruh. Oh, God, I hope it's unruh. God. Okay. So, we've had a lot of mysticism. Yeah. We've had a lot of monsters of the week. Yeah. Let's go ghost. Okay. Ooh, I like ghost episodes. They're usually dumb. <laughs> I hope this is really dumb. I hope I'm, it's too dumb to be offensive. I hope it's too dumb for us. Um, let's go ghost. Okay. This is... I'm gonna go with Aru. Let's go with a haunted hotel. And this ghost was a sous chef. Mm-hmm. And so they're haunting the kitchen <laughs> of this hotel. So people are eating the s- s- gravy mm-hmm. and dying. Because you start with a yeah, gravy yeah, with and you the root. I love it. So you unrude. <laughs> so half point for ghost, half yeah. point for kitchen murders. Yeah, like restaurant kitchen murders. 
That's <laughs> Gordon Ramsay's kitchen nightmares. <laughs> is what this is about. Gordon Ramsay's literal kitchen nightmares. Nice, nice. <laughs> love it. Okay, cool. I can't wait to see this weird kitchen ghost episode. I love it. Uh, hey guys, if you want to check out what we're up to, chat with us. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Double X Files. That's double spelt out. Yeah, we're gonna post pics of our hot pancake action. You better believe we are. Mm-mm-mm. And you can uh, find us on Tumblr at Fuck Yeah Double X Files. You can write to us directly, Double X Files Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're really feeling like, hey, you like what we do and you're into our whole steez, uh, we would love it if you wrote us a review on iTunes. That would, that would be, be really, really good. And it subscribe. Would- um, and you know what? Hey, while you're at it, just tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell one friend and end their life forever. Yeah. Because now they're cursed. Yeah. Like us. Like us. Um, yeah. But uh, just get the, if you want to help us get the word out, we'd love that. Also, if you really love us, you can go to patreon.com slash thunderpack. Nailed it. Join our snail mail club. $7 a month gets you a piece of snail mail. I think I'm sending out stuff from Archie McPhee this month. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm hungry. Let's go. Okay, remember, until next time, the truth is out there. Clowns, man. Down to clown. Oh, boy.